A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. How are you? I hope that you're doing well. Today is a yet another rainy, gloomy day here in Vancouver. However, I am keeping myself warm and cozy with my mug of Earl Grey tea that has to be one of my favorites as of recently. And something to know about me is I'm a big, excuse me, drink person. I love teas. I love ice drinks. I love elixirs, everything. And today I have my Earl Grey. I just find that, I don't know, it's so, it has such an unparalleled delicious taste. And I haven't quite found a tea that I think tops it. I love Yerba Mate, as you probably know. I love matcha. I love chai tea. But yeah, this is, this is my rant for this morning about tea. That is completely irrelevant to the conversation we're having. If you're curious to know, I always like to know these things. Sometimes people don't. This particular brand that I'm drinking today is called Taylor's, but I'd have to say one of my favorite brands of tea is David's Tea. I believe it's Canadian and they have a Earl Grey tea, which I absolutely love. I also just remembered about this tea that my sister introduced me to a couple of years ago and it's delicious and I had to look it up. It's from the brand Sloan and the flavor is Heavenly Cream. Let me tell you that is also up there. I haven't tried any of their other flavors, I won't lie. It's definitely on the higher end at least for from my perspective, maybe not for others. But yeah, there's some tea recommendations for you that you did not ask for. While we're on the topic of brands, I may as well give some more free advertising to some other brands that I've been trying. And one of them recently I spoke about on TikTok and I feel like a lot of you guys are really resonating with this brand, I guess. I think they're pretty popular at the moment. The brand is Hoka's and I talk a lot on TikTok about how one of the things that I have been doing over the last little while has been healing my relationship with exercise, engaging in some less punitive forms of exercise, and specifically low impact. One of those things being walking and To be honest, the walking shoes that I was wearing were Adidas Stan Smiths, which have literally zero support. I love them. They're probably one of my favorite pairs of shoes, but why did I not invest in a better pair of shoes is beyond me. So anyways, I had been reading about Hoka's, seeing them online. My sister has them. She really loves them. So I was like, okay, I think it's time to try them out. So I posted a little video about how my morning walks were about to get a lot comfier and a lot of you folks seem to either have tried them yourself or had heard about them. So yeah, I 
initially initial thoughts are super comfy definitely a huge upgrade i'll keep you posted as i experiment with those a little bit more but also manifesting a partnership with hokas another brand that i've been hearing a lot about i've been very curious about it for a number of years now because people like tim ferris uh huberman from the huberman podcast and different people that i follow are always talking about it and you know, they talk pretty highly about it. And I know a couple of them even weren't sponsored and would talk about it all the time. And this product is called Athletic Greens. If you are on the internet, you have most definitely heard of them. So I reached out to them and I just was interested in seeing if they were expanding partnerships. They offered to send me some free product. So I am trying that out and then eventually maybe we will work together in some capacity. So you might be hearing about them a little bit more on this podcast. But essentially, it is a greens mix that you put in water. And the reason I like them is because, quite honestly, I would consider myself to be lazy, not in a self deprecating way, but, you know, I cooking is not really my thing. And at least not right now, maybe it will be in the future. And I have gone through cooking phases. And, you know, day to day, I love to prepare healthy meals for myself, but sometimes I just don't have the energy. And so, and then on top of that, I find it kind of confusing with all these different supplements and, you know, different things that we have to be consuming. So I was excited to try this just to see, you know, if it made any impact on how I felt, most specifically my energy levels, because I don't consume coffee and I usually am pretty good with my energy but occasionally I'll have a big crash after lunch and yeah just kind of wanted to see how that goes and then of course I am pescatarian so I don't eat meat and so I always like to be taking some sort of supplement to make sure that my b12 my iron and my vitamin d levels are up Long story short, I am currently experimenting with that. I will report back with my thoughts. Obviously, I'm going to give it a little try for a couple of weeks before I actually share it on here officially and talk a little bit more in depth about it if that ever happens. But yeah, those are just some brands I'm trying. Didn't really plan to share that, but here we are. Other than that, I don't have a ton of life updates but I am currently babysitting slash hosting this dog called Autumn. She is precious, adorable, and if the owner asked if they wanted us to adopt her, I would say yes in a heartbeat. If you didn't already know this, one of the things that my partner and I do part-time is we will host dogs when their owners are away or will walk dogs, and yeah, if you are into dogs, you're not quite ready for your own Highly recommend. It's a really rewarding way to spend time with dogs while also making a little bit of money, which isn't bad. Okay, with that aside, let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm going to be talking all about social media, putting yourself out there on social media, creative self-expression on social media, how it can be a tool for self-reflection and self realization and self-inquiry and some of the downsides and the pitfalls and then also just some tips. So whether you are someone who is considering putting yourself out there, starting a channel, whatever it may be, or you've already started and you just want to chat through some tips and hear my thoughts 
then this episode is for you. That was really cheesy, but we're going to keep going. Over the course of the last couple of years since I've started you know, exploring social media a little bit more. I've spoken with a lot of people who have wanted to put themselves out there in some way, have felt this creative energy that has been wanting to be channeled, and they have had this desire to put themselves out there on social media, but they've been afraid or haven't started for whatever reason. They've held themselves back. They've allowed other people's opinions to hold themselves back. And this very same process happens in so many areas of our lives, whether it's having this burning desire to try a new career path or to enter a new relationship, to leave a relationship, any number of things. And then we allow other people's judgments to creep in and also our own insecurities and then we block ourselves from making that choice. Also equally as valid is if the reason that we haven't put ourselves out there yet is because perhaps we are deciding for ourselves if it's the right fit and the answer might be no. After further reflection, I think sitting with ideas that we have and allowing ourselves to experiment and see whether or not they would actually integrate well to our lives and make sense is also very valuable and valid. For the purpose of this conversation, I'm going to assume that you've already gone through that reflective process and you've decided that it is something that you'd like to do or you're already doing it. On the off chance that this is your first episode or maybe you're just kind of coming into this ecosystem, I want to backtrack a little bit and share my social media story. Also, just to provide, you know, I always like to actually provide people with numbers and figures so that you could have an idea of what that journey has looked like for me. I think quite often we see people at a certain level of success and we can't resonate with it because we haven't seen the journey. So I always do my best to kind of share in real time what that's looked like for me. So My initial, of course, growing up, I had social media, Instagram, Facebook, etc. But I would never have classified myself as a content creator. I would say I was just a user like any other person posting stuff about my life and not really trying to create anything out of it just to kind of connect with other people. Eventually entered the era of Instagram influencing. I would say that my generation, I'm a millennial, we were definitely early adopters of Instagram. So we have seen the full evolution back in the day where I had an app to see who unfollowed me or who followed me. I had an app that would have bots like all my stuff, which was hilarious because you'd see someone you'd see someone post just a random selfie and then literally like three seconds later it would have 500 likes and there's only like 40 people following them and me and my friends all used to do this then I kind of started using Instagram a bit more organically and just posted photos of myself and friends etc pretty standard eventually when I started to actually want to put myself out there and to create content and to become more of an online presence I would say was when I was traveling to Thailand so just for context when I left my job in consulting I then went to work at a summer camp and then after that I went to travel Thailand to do English teaching and then I did some traveling afterwards and it was during that time that I could really see myself doing content creation and of course 
initially I thought that it was going to be travel content. So I kind of did that for a bit. I once again didn't really feel like it was coming too naturally. I was kind of forcing it and it didn't go anywhere. I didn't you know, nothing came of it. I was still just using my personal account. I wasn't really growing at all. And at the time I was still using these really gimmicky tactics, I would say, like following a bunch of travel accounts all at once and then getting a bunch of followers and then unfollowing all those travel accounts. Like the amount of energy I put into this process only to end up with like literally no followers. I think they all unfollowed me. My complete lack of success in this realm led me to give up on that for a while and just kind of let it go and put it on the back burner. But I really have a vivid memory of myself in Thailand wanting to start a channel for yoga. At the time, I was a yoga teacher and I really wanted to start posting those videos. I was way too scared at the time, so I didn't do it. But I remember kind of brainstorming and feeling really excited and creative and yeah, that was kind of, I left that, let it go. So I wasn't really doing anything on social media for a while there. And then once the pandemic hit, I was actually getting requests to create mindfulness session videos for companies, as well as like stretch breaks and little yoga sessions. So I decided it wouldn't be a bad idea to actually start posting them on YouTube as well. Now is when I actually started to feel a little bit more energized towards what I was doing. I felt a little bit more purpose and it felt like it came a lot more naturally. I bought myself a mic. I bought myself a nice camera. I was putting in a little bit more effort to my content creation. And once again, it didn't feel too forced, but it still felt, you know, like it wasn't quite me. So as the story evolves, you'll notice I tried a lot of different things and this is very characteristic of who I am. I had a conversation with Jacqueline Sun. She is the host of Glow Radio and she was giving me a little astrology reading as well as looking into my human design and she was talking about how one of my key characteristics is that I'm an experimenter. So if you're listening to this story and you're thinking that it's a little bit all over the place, well, it is, but it's led me to where I am now. So at the same time as trying this yoga channel, I also started a skincare blog, which I talk about from time to time and how funny it is because I truly don't know much about skincare. I was trying to do a lot of research and I was trying to like figure it out as I went, but honestly, I had no business creating a skincare blog, but alas, I it didn't go anywhere. I don't think many people read it. And it was just another form of experimentation. So I'm doing my yoga channel. At the same time, I'm starting to create offerings surrounding mindfulness and what is now my mindfulness for stress and anxiety program. I was working with a registered psychotherapist to develop that. And around that same time, it was actually my sister and a friend of mine who suggested that I try TikTok. In terms of the timeline, this was about... Well, less than a year ago. It was in, I believe, May or June that I launched my TikTok, launched my Instagram, put up a website, started getting a little bit more serious about my brand that I had created surrounding my offerings and my programs, and then sharing these messages on social media. 
TikTok, as some of you may know, is what really started to change the game for me. Number one, because I think it's just a lot easier to grow and then to allow that to support your other social media channels. But number two, because it's the most authentic form of content creation for me is more of a casual, short form, digestible video. What's actually really cool is when I was doing YouTube, I was just kind of doing it casually, but I was sharing in real time my growth. So I was sharing the actual numbers of each one of my accounts every time I put out a video so that you could see over time how that tracked. And I'm looking back now, I only actually included it in the description box of three videos, but I posted a video in July and at the time I had 344 TikTok followers, 97 Instagram followers. Then we fast forward to August. I have 107 Instagram followers and I have 1,034 TikTok followers. Then something must have happened between August 5th and August 24th because my following jumped up quite a bit to 1,070 on Instagram and 11,000 on TikTok. And I believe this was around the time that I started putting out the inner child journal prompts. If you don't know what those are, they're on my website. And I did a 14-day little series. And that's when I really started to notice the growth. And then, of course, fast forward to now. So about six months later, and I have close to 50,000. So my reason for sharing this is that if you are considering it and you want growth, then... TikTok is a really good place to be if it's something that you're interested in doing. If it's not, like of course there are other social media channels that I could be doing that I'm not because I just don't feel like I have the energy to do them right now and they don't really feel like what I want to be investing my energy in at this time. So now you're caught up on what that journey has looked like so far to me. What I will say is During the first little while when I was trying to put myself out there, I was not receiving much feedback. And the first tip that I want to get into, which is essentially starting with your vision, I think this is really important because it didn't really matter to me and it didn't make me want to quit that I was getting, you know, not a lot of feedback, not a lot of views, no follows, no likes when I first started with my content because it was so important to me what I was putting out there into the world. And of course, like I said, there was some experimentation at play. There were other forms of experimentation that I did that I ended up letting go of because I don't think that they were really connected with what I really wanted to be putting out there at that time. It felt like maybe something that someone else would be interested in, but not necessarily for me at the time. This plays into my manifestation process, which I spoke about last week, how I'm going to be putting out a little new offering in the upcoming weeks, so keep an eye out for that. Essentially starting with a vision, identifying what your ideal scenario is, and I quite often will use the example of a road trip or a GPS, and just thinking about what that destination is, what you're programming in creating some sort of vision statement or writing down some words about what your channel will stand for, what you will put out. For me, it was important for me to be putting out uplifting content, inspiring, motivating, 
surrounding the topics of mental health and mindfulness and authenticity and lifestyle, which of course has expanded and grown into new avenues. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But my core values of wanting to uplift and support people in their journeys has remained the same. I talk about this in every single one of my programs about the importance of connecting with your core values and your authentic self. And I think my social media is a reflection of that for me because I am always reflecting on that and always going back and seeing if what I'm doing is a reflection of something that is ego-based and I'm trying to impress people or is it really connected to what I want to put out there into the world. This brings me to my next point, which is often an argument surrounding why not to use social media and you know, there are a lot of things floating around about how it can be evil, how it's ruining our brains, how it is not real. We're all putting out a fictitious projection of what our lives are. And I think there's merit to all of those points. Like anything, it has its downsides. And I think that's important to be aware of. I won't lie. I've actually really struggled with addiction to social media and addiction to approval, which I'll talk about later. But at the same time, I think like anything, it can also be a really powerful tool if used intentionally and correctly and in a way that is balanced. It's a nuanced conversation because we're all human and it's hard not to look at the metrics and be influenced by them. So for example, if you are getting a lot of likes or you aren't and to allow that to inform your sense of self-worth that can be challenging to not get in your own head about but at the same time it can also be a tool to reflect back to you the fact that maybe you are really seeking out validation and how can you move through that need and continue to honor your authenticity and your authentic expression also i feel that we tend to vilify the need or the desire for validation. A teacher of mine, Laura Batson, actually talked about how from a primitive perspective, validation was important because members of the community would have needed to feel valued for their contributions and then continued to make those contributions to support the community. So I think that there can be benefit to validation because it allows us to receive feedback from our community and see what is providing value and in service of their well-being as well. But then, of course, the scales can be tipped too far in the direction of a constant desperation and need for validation and how that can impact our sense of self-worth. The way I see it is that the validation and the feedback is a bonus to the love that we already have within ourselves. And then the moment that we're trying to use it to supplement love that is missing within ourselves is when it can become sort of a codependent relationship with tools like social media and with our audience. From my perspective, one of the huge benefits for me of social media is it's actually been a tool for my own personal healing. That may sound kind of weird, but to be honest, it's been a way for me to very quickly learn in real time about where I'm not healed. Receiving rude comments, which I'll talk about later, um, videos not performing well and how that makes me feel, fear of rejection, fear of being embarrassed, fear of failure, 
also being seen in real time evolving. People who knew you from high school seeing you as perhaps a completely different version of yourself. Your family members seeing you put yourself out there in a new way. And how you really have to have your own back in that and not allow those potential judgments or criticisms or opinions to stop you from expressing yourself in the way that you want to. It's almost like an exposure therapy as well because at the beginning it's really scary and you have this huge fear of embarrassment and you're posting and people are seeing you post and you're not getting a lot of recognition and that can be kind of awkward and uncomfortable but each time that you kind of expose yourself to that experience and you lean into it, at least for me, I've developed such a tolerance for being outside of my comfort zone and how to regulate my nervous system so that I'm not losing balance in those moments. That has been a really valuable experience that has applied to so many different areas of my life. Another thing that is important to mention that someone gave me this advice when I started off, which is that Oftentimes, we have this image in our mind of perhaps it's a mean girl from high school sitting down at their phone judging you for the content that you're putting out. And we allow that image of this person, whoever it may be, or people or group of people, to stop us from... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Not only putting ourselves out there on social media, but living a life that we want to live. The advice that someone gave me was first of all, we tend to amplify the number of people that are A, even watching us. 
and B, care. So we have this image in our mind that this person must be judging me and they must be sitting at home staring at their screen, looking at my videos, laughing, sharing it to friends. Well, that might not actually be true, first of all. And even if it is true, your life can still carry on as normal. There was this anecdote from Courage to be Disliked, which really helped to put this into perspective, which is that let's say you have a room of 10 people. One will really like you, two will dislike you, and seven will be neutral. Oftentimes, we skew it to think that there are way more people that dislike us. And of course, this is nuanced. It just completely depends. And the numbers aren't going to be exact. But the question here is, are we going to act to please the people that don't like us? Or are we going to continue to be true to ourselves and honor and connect with the people that will support us? We can even spend so much energy trying to neutralize or convert the people that don't like us into liking us. And this is when we actually consider it a huge expenditure of energy that means that we're focused heavily on the acceptance and approval of others versus our own self-expression. So really, we're allowing these people who don't like us or don't approve of us or would cringe at us to hold so much power over us. So embracing or at the very least accepting those parts of ourselves and allowing ourselves to move forward in spite of the inevitability of people disliking us or judging us or criticizing us, that takes the power back into our own hands and puts us in the driver's seat of our own lives. Okay, so now I want to move into the part of the episode where I discuss some of the things that you may be encountering if you are putting yourselves out there on social media or things that you may encounter if you're going to. Now, not necessarily. I know everybody's experience is different. These are just things that I have grappled with and am grappling with in real time. So I want to chat about them and share some of the things that I've done in order to navigate them. The first thing is growth overwhelm. I've seen this happen a lot with creators who blow up pretty fast and blowing up doesn't have to be like gaining a million followers. It can be whatever feels like you have a lot of eyeballs on you all at once. Sometimes you may even grow for a reason that you didn't necessarily want to. For example, a video goes viral that you didn't really intend to and you know, then you get a big following based on that and it feels kind of sticky and awkward. And to be honest, it can be overwhelming to all of a sudden feel almost a sense of responsibility in relation to having a platform. And we're not really taught how to navigate this and how to keep our nervous systems intact and that is what I would say is the biggest thing is it can be very overwhelming to experience this type of growth all at once. I think there's also this expectation that people with big platforms are well informed and well versed in every single world event and you know, need to speak out about every single thing. I do think that that, especially with recent events, is becoming a little bit more nuanced, that conversation, because ultimately we want everyone, you know, this is just my own opinion, but it's important for people to be educated and informed in important topics that are going on in the world. But also what I've seen happen is a lot of people, including myself, who are not well-educated in certain topics, feeling the pressure to speak about them, and then 
kind of missing the mark. Another thing that can come up when you have an influx of eyes on you is negativity and criticism and I think this is part of it it comes with the territory but it doesn't make it any easier to navigate I don't think it's natural to be receiving first of all so much validation and then also at the same time so much criticism I've been pretty lucky that I haven't had anything really harsh or that has really really got to me I had one video that I think reached the wrong side of TikTok or it was kind of misconstrued and that was a challenging one for me. It was the first time that I had received a lot of kind of like snarky or sarcastic comments that made me feel embarrassed but that was a good lesson for me to have and how to navigate this type of experience and still to this day I will receive comments that trigger me a little bit especially ones that make me feel stupid or I don't know. I just occasionally get comments that just rub me the wrong way. And the important thing here is I've, I realized when this one video went viral and I had a lot of kind of snarky comments coming in that I wanted to approach it in a certain way. First of all, my goal isn't to bypass valid feedback. If there's something that I've put out there that is perhaps tone deaf or I miss the mark or there's some kind of error of thinking or maybe it's not a well-informed post I think that that is valid and I have to work through any feelings of trigger that I have in relation to that type of feedback because I think people can genuinely want to help you improve and grow and I think it's important to be receptive to that but the majority of comments that I see on social media are quite often a projection That is not so much about me, it's about any number of things. The way that the person interpreted the video or just someone who wants to be negative and wants to be critical. Usually looking on their profile, they have no followers and are private. So, you know, I just find it kind of interesting that people feel it necessary to go on there, not open up their own selves to creating, but to criticize all sorts of other people unnecessarily. So when this happens, I have initial an initial triggered reaction most often, I won't lie, but I always pause. I always have to pause and consider once again is this valid feedback or is this a projection? And then the follow-up question is how do I want to engage with this energy? For me, the answer is quite often I don't want to engage with it at all. Or if I do engage, it's in a completely neutral and not charged way. Anytime I've had a charged conversation on social media, it hasn't really resulted in anything productive and it's not something that I want to spend my energy doing. I'm not judging anyone who does want to engage in those types of conversations, but it's not something that I want to do with the exception of having constructive conversations about things that are important to me, things that I want to advocate against, or very real feedback that is being provided to me to improve and evolve. 
when you encounter these sort of situations, you will experience most likely, like I have experienced, an energetic pull that wants to draw you in and wants you to engage. And internally, it can be very challenging to not engage because you want to defend yourself and you want to make the situation right. And like I was saying earlier, you want to kind of neutralize or convert the people into understanding you or liking you. I have just found personally that people on social media who are going out of their way to be negative or hurtful or hateful on your feed are not people that are going to be probably receptive to these types of conversations and it really just isn't worth your energy. So anyways, that's my two cents with how to respond to criticism and rude people. Let's talk a little bit about the idea of a niche and niching down. Now, I want to start this off by saying it's completely up to you to define what your version of success and fulfillment looks like. And if niching down is something that feels really good to you, and of course we've seen people be successful for doing so, then that is beautiful. And I love watching people for specific reasons who I know I can go to and guarantee that I'm going to watch about a specific topic. At the same time, like anything else, I always talk about how we can't regard one archetype as the only version of success. I quite often talk about this in relation to career, how traditionally the one-track career, very linear career path is regarded as the highest version of success. However, I think that conversation is becoming much more nuanced and we're becoming much more open-minded to a more curvaceous, if you will, and more holistic approach to living and to career that involves trying different things, maybe having a couple of different things on the go. And in the realm of content, we're also seeing a lot of people who are successful who are not really niching down. So I think the important thing to remember here is that ultimately it is a choice in whatever feels good to you and in whatever you feel that you can maintain over time. I started off with a very specific niche, and I would say it's still interwoven very much so into all of my content. However, it started to feel a little bit too confining, and it started to feel like I wasn't able to express myself fully and show up in the way that I wanted to because I had to confine it to a handful of specific topics. And it's really important for me in those moments to reflect on why I am doing that. Am I niching down because that's something that's really important to me and I really only want to focus on these things and that's all? And if that's a yes, then there's no problem with that. But for me, once again, it felt like I was only doing that because that's what I was told by social media gurus, by having gone to school for business, that that is the way to be successful. Ultimately, if it's going to lead me to burning out or feeling frustrated or feeling like I just want to give up because I'm no longer interested in this niche anymore, that is not a sustainable setup for me. And therefore, I made the decision because I asked myself, what does it actually feel like for me to niche down? And it didn't feel good. And so I made the decision to open myself up. And regardless of the fact that videos that are different and not necessarily in a 
certain niche don't always do as well as others because that's not my core intention for being on social media it doesn't really matter to me so I would consider what are the things that I have a lot of creative energy around come natural to me of course this requires some experimentation trying out different forms do I want to try vlogs do I want to try you know different types of videos and allowing myself to pivot and try new things and experiment like I said has been really fun and freeing and exciting and creative. And so I kind of have landed on a place where do I have a niche? Maybe in a broad sense, but I would say I more look at it as sort of pillars. So we're keeping the same pillars throughout of mental health, wellness, lifestyle, trying new things, spirituality, humor, outdoor-related things, And we're interweaving those and, you know, these are all things that I have a lot of creative energy around. They come naturally to me. I'm excited to talk about them. And so I'm going to allow my social media to be a reflection of that creative energy that I feel. In the authenticity roadmap, I talk about this idea of an analogy, if you will, of creativity and self-expression as a hose and quite often water is used in various spiritual teachings to signify the flow of life and how when we're in flow we're kind of just riding the wave and allowing ourselves to be carried and witnessing our experience without trying to latch on to anything and trying to paddle upstream and make things harder for ourselves and expend a lot of energy trying to go against the flow of life. So I really like the knots in the hose analogy and essentially what this means to me is when we have creative energy coming through, we feel inspired, we have a desire, we want to have a certain experience, we can picture this as water flowing through a hose and then anytime that we shut down to it or we don't allow ourselves to express and Bear in mind, this doesn't have to be on social media. You can express in any number of ways, whether that's just within your own personal space or if you decide to share it. But when we cut ourselves off, it's like we create knots in a hose. And if you've ever seen this happen, when you kind of bend a hose and everything just kind of builds up and builds up, the water is still flowing. So the inspiration is still there. It's just been stagnated. And that's when we start to feel tension and frustration and so going back to the conversation about a niche that is the experience that I was having when I was trying to keep it really contained I was feeling a lot of frustration and angst and so I allowed myself to open it up and that's when I felt that inflow of creative energy and inspiration and excitement and contentment I get questions occasionally because I do put quite a few videos out there at least for me on TikTok and I get questions about how do you come up with ideas? What happens when you feel blocked? You know, what happens when you don't have any ideas? Do you ever worry that you'll run out of ideas? First of all, because of the way that I've set it up, it's a reflection of my lifestyle and the way that I'm already living. So it doesn't really feel like I'm sitting down and pre-planning out tons and tons of ideas. And I don't have a lot of buffer between when I have an idea and when I put it out there. Maybe that's not what you want to do maybe you want to spend a little bit more time planning I'm pretty go with the flow I have an idea maybe I'll sit with it for a bit if it feels like it's not quite ready in that if it's like a reflection or a kind of download that I've had 
I will sit with that for a bit to kind of flesh it out, but I just really don't spend a lot of time worrying about running out of ideas. I think they're always there and there are times that they fluctuate like everything else. It's like a cycle. Sometimes I have tons, sometimes I don't have that many. When I don't have that many, I don't get anxious about it. I just wait until I do. And sometimes I'll take a step back because there is this phenomenon when I don't have a lot of ideas that I start to just kind of look to other people and then just start creating random stuff, which that doesn't necessarily always feel good either. So sometimes it doesn't hurt for me to take a step back and just kind of allow ideas to percolate. And that can be really helpful with a quiet mind when we have that sense of stillness. So maybe spending a little bit more time in meditation, reflecting, journaling, and the inspiration always comes back. At least it does for me. And in the same way, I feel that way personally about the cycle of views. TikTok has really been an interesting experience because one week I feel on top of the world. I feel like I'm doing really well. I'm getting my I'm getting a lot of engagement, I'm getting views, I'm having a lot of growth, and then the next week, it plummets. Like, it's truly so weird. I don't know how the algorithm works, but what I tell myself in those moments is I've noticed in myself and in others, there's like this frantic energy when your views are low, and I see this as similar, you know, this is maybe a weird parallel to draw, but like when the stock market is low people's behavior is quite panicky which really doesn't serve them in the long run and it's this grasping and this desperation to get back to a baseline and so I've really noticed myself when I'm in this position when perhaps I'm not getting many views or I'm not feeling that same sense of feedback is to revisit my vision and reconnect with myself, really focus on my self-worth, not reading into it too much, and just thinking more long-term and not making any big decisions about, oh, I'm going to stop social media or I just kind of try to let it let it go. And that does require some practice and I'm still working on it, but I have little practices that I do. So for example, I'll post a video and I'll just put my phone away. I don't look at it. I try to avoid checking because I find that as soon as I start checking, I'm once again pulled in to that energy and that feeling of, oh, I have to measure my sense of self-worth based on how many views I got from this video. How I want to close this episode off, and we've been talking a lot about manifestation in the last couple of weeks, is how my relationship with social media has been informed by my manifestation practice. So quite often, like I said at the beginning, establishing a vision is important for me in my manifestation process. It gives me an idea of where I'm going. It gives me a more long-term mindset and doesn't make me panic or give up or feel discouraged when perhaps I'm in a low or whatever it may be. Another component of manifestation is embodiment. So to the extent that you can embody whatever it is that you are trying to manifest now, this is a really interesting approach. So for me, for example, I found at the beginning 
I was always kind of prefacing everything with, oh, I'm, I'm new here or, you know, kind of always bringing myself down a few pegs. Eventually I stopped doing that and I started to embody the lifestyle that I wanted to have. So for example, if I wanted to eventually get to a point where I had a well-established following, I had a community around me, I was in collaboration with other people, I would literally speak like that in my social media. I would speak as though I already had a well-established following when I didn't. I've seen a couple of videos of people who they said they just started posting as though they were an influencer. And this is kind of what I'm referring to is just not feeling like you have this sense of being an imposter and then like operating from that space, just considering your end goal and how you want to show up and then to the extent that you can embodying that now and not feeling like you have something to make up for or whatever it may be maybe you don't have the perfect equipment yet but not allowing those things to stop you from showing up in the way that you want to and from realizing the vision that you have for yourself well folks i think that brings us to the end of today's episode i hope that this was helpful if you are considering putting yourself out there on social media or maybe you already are i hope that you found some sort of wisdom within this episode i know it's a little bit different from some of the other ones that we discuss but i'm integrating all of the same concepts of creativity and self-expression and authenticity because i think that Social media isn't necessarily going away, so if we can engage with it in a way that supports and amplifies and improves our life, then I think that that can be really beautiful. If you have any questions, as always, just reach out to me directly. I'm a completely open book. Even if it's just, you know, asking for tips or advice, I'm more than happy to share. Of course, I'm still learning and growing myself and I'm happy that you are all learning on this journey with me and maybe sometime in the future I'll have some advice for creating a podcast. So with that said, have a wonderful day. Like I said, keep an eye out for some upcoming offerings. Also, if you've been considering a program, either the Authenticity Roadmap or Mindfulness for Stress and Anxiety, I do have a sale going on right now. It's a spring sale, so check that out. Check the link below i'll leave some links in the description box and have a beautiful rest of your day ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.